brothers and sisters, today's khutbah is about a very important topic. It is a theme that is oft repeated in the Quran. In fact, the entirety of the religion of Islam revolves around this topic. And that is the topic of justice. And it is particularly relevant for us today to highlight this topic of justice and how it is a recurring theme throughout the Quran because it informs us that the revelation of Islam, the final revelation to mankind, the Book of Allah, the Quran, is not something that just benefits the Muslims. It's not something that just benefits the people who ascribe to believing in the Quran, but it benefits society as a whole. And if we do our jobs as Muslims to maintain and uphold justice, then we will be people who benefit not only us, but benefit society as a whole. Allah tells us in the Quran, Ya ayyuhal ladina amanu, kunu qawwameena bilqisqi shuhada'a lillah. Oh, you who believe, oh, you who have faith, who have submitted to Allah, kunu qawwameena bilqisqi. Stand up firmly for justice. Qawwameen, be custodians of justice. Be upholders of justice. Shuhada'a lillah. Witnesses to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Witnesses to the creator of the heavens and the earth. In other words, as you stand for justice, or you don't stand, and you don't act when you see something that you should say something about, then realize that you will be shuhada alilah, that you are witnesses to God. In other words, that you will have to stand in front of God and answer for your actions or your inactions. We have to be people who stand for justice. This is the command of the Quran. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the hadith of Qudsi, the, the divinely inspired hadith, that our Prophet wasallam told us that Allah said, Ya ibadi inni haramtu dhulma ala nafsi wa ja'altuhu baynakum muharrama falatadhalim. Oh my servants, I have made injustice haram. It is impermissible for me to be unjust, Allah says. And I have also made injustice haram between yourselves, between the creation, so do not oppress one another. We are here today, as was mentioned earlier, after three months of not being able to go to the masjid, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened up for us this door to be able to gather on the day of Jumu'ah for the most important prayer of the week, the Jumu'ah prayer, after 12 weeks of not being able to gather, sharing this space with people who have also expressed their sentiments for justice. We're here today speaking about the topic that we're speaking about, specifically because lives have been lost at the hands of the people who are paid to protect life. People who are hired and paid for by tax dollars to protect and serve. 
and yet many people have been dying in their custody. The last of which that has created this national uproar and where we are today, the life of George Floyd. At the hands and in a manner that when we look at it from our perspective as Muslims, we could not even kill an animal that way. It is not permissible for us to even choke a sheep, not to mention another human being who has life that is sacred. Because Allah, Allah the Almighty, has made the life of human beings sacred. And so this image of a knee on somebody's neck, this unjust, in slow execution of another human being on camera has created this outrage in shoot. Because we can't sit by and watch as this oppression happens. The only way that a person can go to that level is not only because they don't recognize their victim as being human, that they look at the person that they are killing as less than human, but, but also because they lost their own decency and sense of humanity. And it's built on a system that has historically made these divides so that one group of people feel human and another group is less than human. And our Prophet the Prophet Muhammad over 1400 years ago his teachings abolished these notions of racism and tribalism and colorism and all, the, all of these other isms. Our prophet said on one of the most important days in the history of Islam, when the Muslims returned to Mecca to reclaim what was rightfully theirs after having been, after having been rejected and pushed out of their land, the prophet said, he said this in front of the entire Ummah at that particular time. He said that the people are the children of Adam. People are the children of Adam. And Allah has created Adam from dust or from dirt. Look at us. We're all created the same. We're all made up of flesh and bones and organs. We're all made up of the same elements. Allah created Adam from dust or from dirt. And we're all the children of Adam. And then the Prophet sallallahu read the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya The Prophet recited this verse from the Qur'an, from the source of the Qur'an, the 49th chapter of the Qur'an, the 13th ayah. Well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O mankind, inna We have created you from a single male and female, from Adam and Eve, and we have made from amongst you nations and tribes, so that you get to know one another, not that you denounce your tribes. We are different. 
But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is different so that we can claim supremacy over one another or that we oppress one another. But He created us differently, Ta'ala, so that we get to know one another. The most noble of you in the sight of Allah, the most honorable of you, O mankind, human beings, the most honorable of you are those who have the most tough love, those who are most God-fearing and most God-conscious, those who fulfill the commands of God and avoid His prohibitions. That is the only thing that distinguishes us. It's not our color. It's not our backgrounds, our ethnicities, our nationalities, how good you look or how long your hair is or whether you're fat or skinny at the end of In the Abramakum in the law, that's all. Those of you who are most honorable in the sight of God are not white or black or brown. They are those who have the most God consciousness. And this is why our Prophet وسلم, said in one of his last speeches, and this was to the entire Ummah during the farewell hajj, one of the last addresses that the Prophet وسلم, would make to mankind, a message that would be taken and passed down after him generation to generation. So we can say today, in the language of our Prophet وسلم, what he said on that day. When the Prophet said, All of you are from Adam. He repeated that. All of you from Adam. And Adam is from Tulam. And Adam is from Dirt. Indeed, there's no supremacy for an Arab over a non Arab. Or a non Arab over an Arab. They're not for a white person or a red person over a black person. They're not a black person over a red person or a white person. Except by God consciousness. This is the scale that we as believers in Allah and believe this is something that is very specific to our Prophet in terms of that message going from a religious standpoint, from a divine standpoint, that we are equal, except by way of our fear and our consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why our Prophet emphasized this point. When one of his companions came to him and mentioned to him that he had said something negative about another companion because his mother was black. And the Prophet sallallahu said, do you shame him? Do you speak ill of him because his mother is not? Indeed, you are a person that has some remnants of Jahiliyyah, the times of ignorance, the times that were before Islam. That those teachings, that we are better because of our color, that we can shame somebody because of the color of their skin, that that has nothing to do with Islam. It goes against the spirit of Islam. There are so many problems that we are dealing with as a nation. So many. We are in fact, as you wear your masks and you socially distance, in the midst of a pandemic. The last months have been months of fear. We fear this virus, COVID-19, this thing that we cannot see, but that attacks the human being, 
it leaves them short of breath. A virus that we're scared of because it takes away our ability to breathe. And in the midst of that, we're dealing with another virus, often unseen by the naked eye, often hidden. But it is also a virus that has led to people losing their breath. And this is the virus of racism, which has literally caused people to say, I can't breathe. But yet that virus stays on top of them and continues to attack them until they really cannot breathe anymore and until they lose their life. So we're not just dealing with one pandemic. We're dealing with the systematic virus that we're going to have to fight as a nation. This virus has caused the loss of life, of many lives. Last week it was George Floyd. And the week before that, it was many others. And the, and the years before that, it was Michael Brown. And it was Tamir Rice. And it was so many others who have lost the lives that Allah has made sacred. As Muslims, we don't believe that one life is more sacred than another life in Aaron. Allah has revealed in the Quran that the taking of one life, this is how important life is. The gravity of taking one life unjustly is like a person has killed the entirety of mankind. And life is so important that saving one life is like you have saved the life of all of mankind. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, to those before us that whoever takes a life except as punishment for murder or for causing corruption and mischief in the land, it will be as if they have killed all of humanity. And whoever saves a life, it will be as if they have saved all of humanity. Life is sacred. And today, we specifically say that black lives matter. We say that because black people in this country have never been truly fair. And so we have to call it out and call it spade to spade. Yes, all life is sacred. Allah has made all life sacred. But this problem that we're dealing specifically with today is that black lives have not been given that same sanctity in this country. Black lives, black people in this country have for years, for centuries, dealt with oppression, systematic racism, and torture at the hands of the white power structure. They have been disproportionately targeted by police and harassed and face police brutality at a rate that no other people in this country face. And for that reason, it is important that we as Muslims, not just black Muslims, but that all Muslims 
who believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that our Creator has made life sacred, and that He has forbidden injustice, that we all stand up and stand in solidarity to make a change in this nation. Brothers and sisters, our Prophet وسلم, and the teachings of Islam make it known to us in no uncertain terms that we Muslims have to be agents of change. The Prophet وسلم, said that there is no people, that there are no people who see a wrongdoer amongst them. They see a violent, somebody oppressing others amongst them, somebody who is a proponent of injustice amongst them, and they don't take him by the hand. In other words, that they don't stop his wrongdoing, except that Allah will encompass them all with punishment. We can't be complicit. We can't be when we are complicit with injustice, that we are subjecting ourselves in totality, not just the one who's doing wrong, but we subject ourselves as a whole to divine retribution. And that's scary. And we should be afraid. And this is why our Prophet said amongst his companions, help your brother whether he is the oppressor or the oppressed. They said, oh, Messenger of Allah, we know how to help the one who's oppressed. How do we help the oppressor? What does that mean? And the Prophet says, stop him from his oppression. Stop him from his oppression. Now, that stopping is governed by the hadith of the Prophet who said to us, who sees evil, then let him change it with his hand. But if he can't change it with his hand, it's not in your authority to do so with your hand. Changing it with your hand is going to lead to a larger evil. Then let him change it with his tongue. And most of us have the ability to do that. The only thing that stops us many times from changing something with our tongue is that we're cowards. Is that we're scared to say something. You're around somebody who's saying something that is racist and you're silent. No, you can say something and you have to say something. Today, from today on, you can't allow that to happen in your presence. You have to take a vow to yourself that you're going to be an agent of change. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to say, none of this stuff here. Whoever can't do it with his tongue, but that is the other man. Then let him change it with his heart, and that is the weakest of faith. In other words, you can't be indifferent. Even if you feel like at that moment, you can't say something. You can't not feel something about it. You can't become desensitized to the racism that is systemic in this that, that has become a part of the fabric of so many institutions. That we can't just be silent. It's not okay. And for those of you 
who are privileged. Don't feel bad because of your privilege. Don't feel bad. Don't feel guilty. It's not your fault. And there's nothing wrong with being privileged. If Allah created you white, you're not guilty for that. If Allah gave you parents that had the ability to send you to the best schools, you don't need to feel guilty for that. There are a lot of people who suffer from guilt. But here's the deal. It's not enough to say, I identify with the victim. We feel bad about what happened to the victim. That's not enough anymore. You who have been given that privilege, you have to be the first people to address the victimizers because they like you. You have to be the first to confront the aggressors because they like you. They not like you in the sense that they hold your beliefs, obviously, but they like you and that they share a certain privilege that many other, many other people in the society have been denied. And so when we talk about, well, what are we going to do? This problem is a centuries-old problem. It didn't happen overnight, and we're not going to just automatically change systems overnight. But we can start with ourselves. And for those of you who have political influence, you know elected officials, you know CEOs of large companies, you know people of influence, athletes, and other you have to allow your voice to be heard. You have to take that struggle to those people who otherwise will not listen. Let your voices be heard. And let this be the wake-up call that many of us needed to affect positive change and not to allow things to just go back to the status quo. Brothers and sisters in this land, to conclude, we must recognize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made us the caretakers of this country. He has made us the full of that. It may not be the reality in some places that we are in those positions to be the caretakers, but nonetheless, this is our duty. That we are caretakers. Whatever we are, wherever we are, we should affect positive change. Cannot be bystanders, we cannot turn a blind eye to corruption and oppression. We are the caretakers of this world. There are over 250,000 of us in this city alone. And if we were more organized, if we came together to strategize, then we definitely could affect change. But that's for the leaders to do. That is for the leaders to figure out. We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides them and us to figure that out. At the same time, we can all play a role. We have to now incorporate the teachings of Islam in our social lives. The teachings of Islam are not restricted to ritual worship. It's not restricted to zakat or fasting the month of Ramadan or praying or making hajj. Islam is not restricted to that. It has to penetrate every aspect of our lives. One of our teachings is that whoever believes in Allah on the last day, let him honor his neighbor. We all have neighbors. Do our neighbors know us? 
for our kindness, for speaking to them, for being people who contribute positively to the neighborhood, for being honest businessmen and businesswomen. Do our neighbors know us for that? How or how do they know us or do they not know us at all? You know, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to take these teachings to the people and not let them stop at us. In fact, brothers and sisters in Islam, as we talk about this fight for justice, we talk about upholding the rights that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to people and claiming those rights, let us not forget, let us not forget the rights that the Creator has over us. Oftentimes, oftentimes, we get caught up in one struggle and we forget a larger struggle. The Creator has rights over us. The greatest of those rights is that we worship Him alone and that we don't involve ourselves in any form of idolatry. That we worship the Creator alone, that we become true slaves of Allah. And when we become slaves of Allah, we are free from bondage to His creation and to created systems. And our hope and our fear and our reliance and our trust is upon Allah alone. And it's not upon any system to give us those rights because those rights are God-given. And when we get to that point, that is real, it's, that is real power. And that is the highest form of nobility, that we are slaves to Allah and slaves to nothing else. That we bow down as we're going to do in a minute, inshallah, that we prostrate only to God, that we don't bow to any system, and that we don't prostrate to any system, but that we stand up for justice. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring healing to this nation and to make this a safe and secure nation. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring justice to those who have been oppressed.